it took me quite a few times I rewrote it and then I was like could I draw this and then it just kept falling into place and then I finally published Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have with me Becca Kaminsky. And Becca, just thank you so much for joining us and coming on to talk about your children's book that you both wrote and illustrated, as well as your journal that you published too. We'll get into the details of each of those. I think it'll be a really fun conversation. I haven't yet interviewed anybody who has actually illustrated their children's book as well as wrote it. So it'll be a good a conversation I think that we're going to have today. It'll be an interesting one. So first, before we get into all of those questions about business decisions and marketing decisions, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Awesome. Rachel, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I, yeah, so I'm 28 years old. I have had a lot of different jobs in the last few years as I'm Leading up now, I've just joined full-time ministry. And so that's, I am literally two weeks out from moving and starting my life completely over in a new state and all that stuff. And Where so are you just headed? Minnesota. Oh, fun. I yep. did an internship right after college in Minnesota. So oh, cool. kind of got a little special spot in my heart for Minnesota. Same. I know, same. <laughs> I was, I'm joining their discipleship program as staff, but I was a student in it in Minnesota back in oh, 2014. So I'm like, it's like part of me is I'm going home. Like yeah. full circle moment. <laughs> it really, it does it, a lot of full circle moments, but yeah, but I've been, as far as writing and stuff, I've been writing ever since I was a really little girl and it's just morphed from a paragraph story to short stories to semi-long short stories to <laughs> now I'm a published author. So it's been a really awesome journey over the last two decades of my life. <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Like I can hear it in your voice, your love mm-hmm. for writing and love for storytelling. And that's always fun. I think it's fun to have conversations with other people that are as much love with storytelling as I am, because yes. I love a good story. Yes. Just, it. I just think there's something so powerful about communicating ideas and truths mm-hmm. through the, me- the medium of storytelling. And I think yeah. that it's so neat that we have examples of Jesus doing that in the Bible with the parables. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just think it's like a unique thing that we get to steward as mm-hmm. writers and to be able to steward yeah. that creativity. So I just love talking to people yeah, who love same. storytelling. <laughs> same. So how did you decide to publish this? Because you self-published this children's mm-hmm book and you both wrote and illustrated it and so what kind of led you to that moment where you made that decision to self-publish it yeah I love the story of how silly Denny and the great jelly bean heist came to be (laughs) I love talking about it so I wrote the short story of silly Denny it was like two paragraphs long at that point it's probably maybe like total three or four paragraphs now but it was very short it was a few years ago when I was working at an after-school program through the YWCA. And I, one of the like programs that I would do with our elementary students was a writing group because I've got to do my passions with them. And so we would do like these like writing prompts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the one writing prompt was, it was like, it was called a roll a story. So you would take a dice and there was like three like columns. So there is like the like, your main character there's a setting and then what happens and so I rolled the dice three times and 
found on the chart and like my prompt was a dragon in a jelly bean factory fights aliens and I I remember my initial thought was like what am I gonna write about I'm like ask me to write a story about an FBI agent or ask me a story about a prince rescuing the princess like I'm on it I've got it but I'm like a dragon in a jelly bean factory (laughs) okay and so like I wrote this short really short story and then put it away and I didn't look at it for a year or two until 2020 when COVID happened. <laughs> I feel like COVID I, caused a lot of damage, yes. but it also prompted a lot of people to get in touch with their creative selves. It did. But yeah. So the after school program that I was working at, like a lot of things changed that year. Like so much of our jobs changed mm. and I found that I had some extra free time at work. And so I was like, I want to be busy. So what am I going to do? So I was typing up old stories so that like I could have them at least on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I found Silly Jenny's story and I was like, this would be a really cute children's story. Yeah. And the rest is history. It took me like quite a few times. I like rewrote it. And then I was like, could I draw this? Like I used to draw all the time when I was a kid. And then like I became an adult and I just stopped doing that. And mm. so it, I, I tried drawing a dragon and it took me like six different dragons to get to where I finally <laughs> found one that was like, this doesn't look scary or too goofy. This looks like what she should look like. Yeah. And then it just was like, kept falling into place. And then I finally published and I was like. <laughs> so you decided to self help Did you use Kindle Direct Publishing? Did you use KDP or did you go Ingram Spark or? What did you end up deciding to do? Yep, I went through Amazon, so KDP. Okay. Yeah, it okay. just seemed like it was the, the simplest thing, thing to do. Yeah, I know sometimes yeah. I have heard different coaches and people who are a little bit more into the, like, they teach you how to do the self-publishing mm-hmm. stuff. That's not necessarily what we talk here in the space that mm-hmm. I have, but the people who talk about it and like it's their their thing, they're, yeah. they suggest to start if, on KDP because it's the simplest to... Mm-hmm navigate like uploading and that whole back end side of things Mm -hmm. but for those of you who are listening who don't know what kdp is kdp is kindle direct publishing it is the platform that amazon uses for their print on demand publishing so what happens is you do all the back end stuff you write the story in um becca's case you illustrate the story you design it lay it out you get a cover all that stuff, all those files get uploaded to KDP. And then when somebody orders through Amazon, they print the book then once it's ordered. So that way you don't have to have inventory or do fulfillment. Yeah. <laughs> so it is helpful in that regard. But yeah, just a little side note for people who might not know what self-publishing with through KDP actually is. So you illustrated it and uploaded yeah. so that you had to do the layout then. Did you hire anybody to help you with that or did you... Figure out how to make those files and everything. Oh, yeah. A lot of trial and error. I probably uploaded and re-uploaded it to KDP like 30 times because one little thing would be off. What did you use to design it? Oh, Microsoft Word. Oh, my word. (laughs) You were like determined then because that is not an easy thing to do layout in. No, (laughs) it was not. There was a lot of... I was expecting you to say something like Canva or or InDesign or something like that. But to take something that's heavily illustrated and put that into Word, that's impressive that you were dedicated enough to make that happen. 
and I did it three times because that's what I used for all three of my things oh wow I think the journal I used google docs and I was able to figure that and that was a little easier yeah that makes sense (laughs) so in order to do all that in order to make that self-publishing decision you have to put on that entrepreneur hat is that a thing that comes easy to you or is that something that you're like having to learn the ropes and put yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit of both like when it comes to like social media marketing I feel like that's been pretty easy for me and like I enjoy it and it's fun Mm -hmm. and like I can do that but like real marketing stuff or like doing ads and like really putting my name out there like it's that's a lot harder and trying to figure out all of it it was it's been it's been a learning curve so did you know that you were going to go the self-publishing was that a decision you made right away or did you try going the traditional publishing route first no it was a pretty easy decision to just go straight to self-publishing at that point I it was more of like a fun project like Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that I was like oh yeah I'm gonna be super famous immediately and I was Mm -hmm. like I just want to get this out there and for fun and if something happens with it like that's exciting but I feel like back in 2020, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in my writing just because mm. I had rarely ever shared that with people. Mm. All of my short stories were mostly for myself. There was a handful of friends that I would share it with, but it just, that was a, such a foreign concept to me, but I was like, this is fun and let's give it a go. And I'm certainly not against going the traditional publishing route, but it definitely takes a lot more like finances, which yeah was not an option for me back in 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'll just, I'll start with self-publishing and maybe someday, like with the right, like story idea, like maybe I will try the traditional publishing route. I like that you identified that at the time when you decided to put it out there, it was a project for you. It was just something in your heart that you wanted to share with people. Where do you feel like it kind of shifted a little bit where you're like, oh, this is, there's marketing involved. There's an online business side to this. Like, where did that shift from just wanting to share a story to now, oh, I might need to learn about these marketing things so that I can get it to more people. Yeah. I think when I actually was like starting to sell like substantial amount of copies, Yeah, I was, I don't know. I did not really expect to get to where I am today. And I feel like I'm still like nowhere on that spectrum. I still feel like a a no name author, but like, mm-hmm. it's when I think I hit that, like 100 mark, I was like, Oh, like there's something to this. Like people are interested and people are excited about this and people mm-hmm. are buying it. And I'm like, maybe, maybe there's more to like my books and like right. actually putting it out there. And so I think it was after that point, I really did start doing more social media posts and trying to put myself out there. Yeah. So what kind of marketing did you decide to go with that? I've mostly done like social media. So like putting mm-hmm. like I have an Instagram and a Facebook. And so just building my repertoire on there. I've done a few like ad campaigns on Facebook. I don't know if they were ever very successful, <laughs> but I gave it a try. <laughs> and I feel like that's part of this whole thing. Like yeah. We just have to try things and see if they help us out if they feel authentic to us if they feel like something we want to continue mm-hmm. if we feel like it's there's any return on the investment into the thing we just mm-hmm. have to try all yeah. the things available to us until mm-hmm. we find our thing yeah I, I i love the fact that you're willing to try things now you just 
casually mentioned like you got past the hundred mark, but I know that you actually have gotten past like the 200 mark. And how long yeah. has the book been out? So it's been like two and a half years. <laughs> okay. Two and a half years. Yeah. And you really haven't put like a whole lot of marketing behind it. This has been like word of mouth, pretty much organic, yeah. just yeah. interest in the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to note that because it comes down to two things, like organic selling of our books comes down to two things. It comes down to a good premise being told and mm-hmm. a good cover design mm-hmm. and your ability to just share about it to the right people. Yeah. And so I guess it comes down to three things. I said two, but it's three. (laughs) So tell me what that story is about. The silly Jenny in the, in the jelly bean factory, somebody up in a sentence or two for us. Yeah. So silly Jenny is a dragon that has a jelly bean factory and a sneaky alien tries to steal her jelly beans and he actually does succeed, but it's her like very mini battle of trying to defend her, her factory. But I want to, Point out a couple of things here. One, you know that this is a story for little kids. You know that yeah. the whole point of the story is just to be silly. Yeah. Do you know who it is that you're targeting with this? You know what the story is about. Yeah. You know exactly what story you're trying to tell and then mm-hmm. what tone to tell it. Mm-hmm. And you designed a cover that reflects all that. Yeah. And so I just, I think that when we're thinking about organic growth or organic sales of our mm-hmm. books, We have to take that all into consideration. Who Mm -hmm. is it that we're trying to sell to? What kind of book is this? So it seems to me like you know exactly who you're writing to. You designed a cover that reflects that. Mm -hmm. You can sum up the story pretty simply. Like your goal is to not tell this elaborate, like deep theological story or anything like that. You're just wanting to have some fun. Mm -hmm. And you want the kid who's reading it to just feel some fun and laughter. And so you're premise your cover and your story deliver on that promise of laughter Mm -hmm. and I think that sometimes we overcomplicate marketing (laughs) when that's really what marketing is right it's just Mm -hmm. saying this is what I'm going to do delivering on it right and so you've been able to do that to the social media following that you have to the social networks that you have even in your own personal life like offline and so because of that you're able to have sold 200 books at this point. And I have to say, most people don't know this, but when you're self-publishing, getting past that first hundred is actually really important, like a really big deal because you can hit the first hundred with just like friends and family. Right. But once you get past that, you're past that immediate circle of people who are just going to support you just because they're supporting you. And now you're into the realm of people who are like, Oh, I heard about this book and I think I'm going to check it out. And for most the majority, unfortunately, the majority of self-published novels, they don't get past that first hundred, but you've gotten past it to 200 with very little marketing. And so it's only, it can only keep going from here, right? Like the more you learn about marketing, the more you put into it. But I think it's really cool about your book is like, you didn't just write the story. You didn't just stop there. You actually had a little toy designed from the dragon that you drew. Yes. And I just think they're absolutely adorable. I love them so much. <laughs> they're <laughs> like was, my pride and joy. <laughs> do you sell those to people? No, or is it just not yet. Okay. I well, looked into it, but it, okay. that is almost just about as expensive as like traditional publishing. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Someday. Yeah, someday. someday. That, that is like the goal was to like 
be able to get. A I bunch think they're of adorable. These. I think people would so would cute. snatch those off the oh, yeah. wall for sure. Oh, I, I've had a few people ask me like, "Oh, can I buy one?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't have any yet, but you got to get yeah. there. You're getting there. Oh, yeah. You're getting, getting there. there someday." <laughs> Another thing you do have for sale is a coloring book that coincides yeah. with the with the story, which yeah. is fun, especially since your audience is more of a younger audience. And so I just, I think that's just so smart that you're not just keeping yourself to one book. You're figuring out ways to expand on that story and capture people in different ways. And so yeah. I think that's really a neat thing. Honestly, the the reason why I like made that coloring book was because I've done a lot, not a lot, like a handful of craft vendor shows. Mm-hmm. And so like, I wanted something else to put on my table other than just, just that or something a little a little cheaper than the book I'd be like mm-hmm. hey this is a stocking stuffer or something like, right. that. like just That's something else smart. Yeah. it's smart you're like you're diversifying your product line and mm-hmm. giving different things different options for the customer to purchase yeah. and that's really wise so you also then published this journal and what's the title of the journal uh the 100 new challenge journal and so are there helpful. challenges in the journal or is it just a like a record keeping journal it's basically a record keeping journal. So all okay. the pages are labeled experience one through a hundred. And okay. there's like a handful of questions. Like, what did you do? Did you do it with anybody? What was the date? Like, it, oh, was it fun. fun? Was it funny? Was it like hard? What mm-hmm. is that? And then there's like four stars at the bottom to or five stars at the bottom to rate this experience. And then the back oh, page fine. is just lined like lines for extra notes. That is so cool. And did you design the cover for that? Because I saw it and I was like, that is a fun cover. Yeah, I did design it. And then I had an art artistic friend make it, do it on her computer so that it looked way more official than my like <laughs> drawing. <laughs> so you are resourceful. I have found most writers, if they want to tell their story and they want to get it, like if they're really driven Mm-hmm. To get something into hands of somebody, they will get resourceful and they will yeah. find out a way to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that it's important to note that because sometimes it can be really easy, especially when we start doubting our storytelling yeah. abilities to be like, it's just hard. It's just really mm-hmm. hard. And so I'm, it's an, it's a reason why I pull back and I don't do the thing that mm-hmm. I feel called to do. And yeah. it can be a way for us to avoid being obedient to God's calling on our lives. And yeah. it can be an excuse that we give. But there's really no excuse because if you really want to figure out how to do this, there is some way for you to do it. And there is enough information out there to learn from. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. There's even just in all of this, like this adventure of like self-publishing, there's been like so much to learn, but like you have to make that decision to do it and then you got to stick to it it's hard like even when I was drawing Jenny for the first time like I there were some scary dragons that I drew I was like that that looks looks, not that doesn't look cute and fun and I was like (laughs) I wanted to give up because I was like this is this isn't worth it I am I'm not a like I'm not an artistic person I wouldn't even know who to like reach out to or how to even do that about I'll write it and somebody else illustrate it and I was like there's plenty of opportunities I wanted to give up but I was like I just I feel like the Lord knew no, this is something you need to like push through and try it again, try it again, try it again. And I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm the little engine that could I can do this. 
I love that little engine that could. Oh, that's so fun. There's just such a satisfaction of knowing that you didn't give up too. Yeah. Like when we are in the thick of it and we want to give up, it can be so easy to just walk away from something. But then it's like this thing that nags at us. And it's like this, like I put that down and I walked away from it and I have a regret over that. And I have this sense of like incompleteness, Mm -hmm. this sense of I have just left something undone that I was supposed to do. And it can eat away at you if Mm -hmm. you, if you don't attend to it. Yeah. When it's something that you're really, truly called to do. If you're really called to do it, you yes. cannot leave it undone for yeah. very long before mm-hmm. it starts to eat at you. And yeah. so I think it's just something that we have to acknowledge as writers, like in the middle of it, it is hard. Mm-hmm. But when you get on the other side of it and you hear that well done, good and faithful servant, yeah, there's just such a sense of, wow, I got to partner with God on something. And how mm-hmm. cool is that? Yeah. And I know your book is not overtly Christian. It's just a... Yeah, it's a fun kid story, but to you, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this feels just as much ministry as what you do on a day to day basis, right? Oh yeah, as I have been creating like this, the journal and the children's book and the coloring book, I wanted to keep things like open for the masses. Not that like children's stories that are like allegorical to the Christian faith are bad. Like those have their place and they're amazing and mm-hmm. they're beautiful, but that just wasn't what like I was called to do, at least with these stories, like I'm not saying mm-hmm. never, I'll never do that, but I working with kids in like after school programs, I've seen how kids have such hard times. Like I grew up in a very like sheltered home. Like I never experienced half of what these kids go through. And that was part of it. I just wanted something fun for them to distract kids from like the hardships of life. Like it doesn't have to have a, a lesson. Like you can just play and enjoy and have, have a good time. And so that's, that was the one of, one of the heart like things like behind the children's book, but even like my journal, like the journal has a much more like spiritual, like undertone because of like how it came to be, but I still wanted it to be available to non-Christians. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be a Christian to go try new adventures and try new things. But there was a lot of like my faith started that and made it come to be like didn't want to like force that upon people you got to be a christian or here's i gotta force jesus down your throat just so you can understand why i created this journal Mm -hmm. so do you feel like do you share because i know you have two separate instagram and you use a pen name which is actually it's just (laughs) actually your name you were telling me earlier (laughs) is actually your first name or your initials you yeah. go by your a nickname of your second name, yes. Becca's your nickname. Yeah. So you go by that in your everyday life, but for your mm-hmm. author website, you chose to use your initials. Can you talk a little bit about that decision? Was it yeah. like kind of where did that come from? So when I was writing stories back in like, I don't know, like middle school or something, I had always put them under a file called. JRK narratives. Like that's just something I've always done. Like I don't really remember quite how I came up with it, but that's where JRK narratives came from. And so that was like ob- that was like my obvious choice of like when I did become an author, I was like, I gotta use JRK narratives. And sometimes <laughs> it still feels a little weird. I'm like, mm. but I'm like, no, it's my thing, and I'm sticking to it. And this yeah. has been what I'm doing. But um, I wanted a little bit of separation between like my personal life and my author life. 
not that like I care when people find out I'm like it's not I'm not trying to have this big secret even though Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends throughout my life would say that I was keeping it a secret because they never knew my name what my first name was and then I'd be like (laughs) yeah surprise Becca's not my name (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was just mostly from that and wanting to have some separation for when I like wanted it to but I'm constantly like like posting things on my personal like Instagram and tagging myself and my like author stuff and like resharing on my author stuff so it's not like I'm even like I'm like hey it's me (laughs) (laughs) would you do it differently if you were to like restart would you have just one Instagram I've thought about that like I feel like that would be a lot less complicated than like Mm -hmm. posting and stuff and maybe if I were to go famous or a little more like seen on social media maybe I'd be like we're just gonna do the one thing and yeah but then that separation still of even for people even like friends and stuff that like don't care about my author stuff yeah I have to see every single post you know yeah even Makes though I, sense. I still kind of post just as much but I know it's really up to personal because I've had people ask me about that like, should I have yeah. two separate ones should I have just one and like <laughs> my rule of thumb is I keep things as simple as possible so <laughs> just have one is my personal opinion but I also understand why people might want different ones and I've contemplated it a couple of times over like throughout the years I'm like should I so I get it and it but it is it's a little bit more of a complication but if it works for you yeah go for it so you go by J.R. Kapinski on Instagram for Mm -hmm. your books Mm -hmm. like I said I think it really has to do with personal preference on whether or not you use two Instagrams or not. Like, do you do anything else that has to do with your writing? Do you have a blog? Do you have a YouTube channel, podcast, anything like that? I just have my website. So I'll update that a little bit, but it's mostly all the information that's been posted online now goes to my website. Okay. I wanted to ask you, you've now been through this process of self-publishing and you're starting to get into the rhythm of being an author. You now have these three separate things to sell. Is there any particular tool that you are like, if you're an indie author, you need to have this, or if you're self-published, you need to use this. Or even just if you're a writer in general, make sure you have this one tool. Do you have anything like that? I think more. it's more of a general, like, just keep Googling stuff keep Mm. looking like Pinterest has saved me so many times with giving me ideas for so many different things and it's like just keep like looking stuff up and keep like broadening your horizons of what you can be posting or how to post or when to post I'm still learning how like learning that like when should I post my reels like when will they get seen the most I'm like I don't know (laughs) just just keep looking because you never know what you're going to find when you're scrolling Pinterest over and over again or there's mm-hmm. so there's just so many resources out there that it's just find what works for you, you know? <laughs> yeah so other than social media have you done anything in addition like in person have you done any marketing stuff like book tours or anything like that like I've done a couple different things yeah um, so I had when I first published Silly Jenny uh, my friend's for me like a little celebration of congratulations so a bunch of friends came and I like read my book to my adult friends except like two neighbor kids like from the neighborhood 
saw what we were doing and like, came over and we're like mm. and then like <laughs> left awesome. and came back with money and <laughs> bought some books and I was like this is amazing like that's so, so fun. fun I love it um, yeah I've also done some craft shows those are easy to get into and then having a little table display so I've, I've done that recently which is I think one of the best things I've ever done was a local library was doing a stuffed animal sleepover and so mm-hmm. I dropped Jenny off with them that night and then picked her up the next morning and they had just did so many cute things with all the stuffed animals which is like all these children's stuffed animals and I'm like right. I'm an adult but here's my stuffed animal <laughs> <laughs> so that's been fun to kind of have you been able to get library. your book into your library so I did I gave them a copy of the book so they they were super excited and we had some good conversations so I still have to go to my local library, which mm. I need to do before I move. <laughs> but like, <laughs> hey, here's my book. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you, like, yeah. you have such a shiny personality and oh. you have written such a joyful thing. What, though, and maybe there hasn't been, but I just want to ask this. What yeah. has been the hardest part of this writing journey and publishing journey? Mm. I think when I published the journal this last fall, that's been the most like vulnerable that I've been. Like it's easy to hide behind the mask of I'm a children's author and I'm happy all the time. And this is a fun story. And, but the journal came from a a much dark, but darker place of Mm -hmm. needing to share my heart with people. And even when I'm like posting like reels or Instagram posts about my journal, it's much more vulnerable because I'm sharing more of my deep heart of like the things that I've gone through, which is mostly like walking through grief in the last year and a half. I lost my grandma from COVID in 2021. And that was the first time I'd ever lost anybody I was super close to. And like, Mm. I just, it was super difficult. And, but like once I started coming out of that and going through the grief process, there was just like the reason why. So I published this journal was because there was a moment in my grief journey where my Nana loved cooking, loved it. And we would always like cook together or I'd be like, go downstairs and she'd have like cooked this meal. Ooh, don't mind if I do. Thank you. And there was a moment like a month or two after she had died that I was going to try a new recipe. And like, part of me just was like, I don't want to do this. I, nothing in me wants to make this because she's not here to share it with me and this is too difficult and I was just like I don't want to and I, I had this moment where I was like no if I like choose to not do this that's not honoring her and her memory and I don't want to gr- let grief like stop me from living my life like it's I'm like because th- I'm gonna let th- this will snowball it's not it's gonna turn into me not going out and having fun me not living my life just because I'm too sad because she's not here and so I made that conscious decision. I was like, I'm going to do this recipe. And then it was like, you know what? I'm going to do 70 new things in this new year. Because this was in like December of 2021. So when I was looking at 2022, I was like, I'm going to do 70 new things. I'm just going to honor her by that. She would have turned 70 last year. And so it was my way to keep her close and go through the grief process and still live my life. And then I turned it into the journal like last fall when I was like, 
I feel like I want to share this idea. Like this has been so helpful for me because like I I hit the 70 items new experiences in October and I was like I'm so glad I did this like this helped push me forward it helped keep me like living my life and not stopping and not just letting grief overtake me but like sharing that has been the hardest because I've I'm sure everybody knows being vulnerable with other people is really hard especially when you're putting it on social media you want to put out like everything's fine I'm fine. Life is fine. Everything is perfect. And then really it's, especially when you're walking through grief, like nothing is fine. Nothing is perfect. Everything is falling apart, Mm -hmm. but like somehow I have to like still live my life. So what does this look like? Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And I think that it is important to make a note of those moments, a note of the things that are hard harder because in the moments of celebration the moments of celebrating selling 200 children's books or a moment when it's like hey I launched another book into the world even just that is a huge accomplishment it's easy to like you said just wear that mask of it's fine everything's fine when a lot of I was just writing something down writing a story that I'm working on and I wrote the sentence like isn't it how isn't that how life goes where we have both the exciting and fun and joyous moments but then we also have the serious heartbreaking ones as well and if we don't have both we can't appreciate one or the other and so I as you're talking I'm like your heart really is for people who are going through hard things to experience some joy in life Mm -hmm. like in your children's book that's what you talked about And even now with this journal, like at the heart of it, you want people to experience the goodness and like the beauty of life, even though they might be walking through some hard things. And so I just love your heart for your person you're serving and the fact that it looks differently in the two things that you designed, but at the core of it, they're both the same because I think it could be very easy for us to look at it and be like, are you a children's book author or do you make journals? Like <laughs> it can be really easy. I think sometimes for us when we're like in this whole marketing thing and they're like, mm-hmm. pick a niche, pick a niche. And they're like, or niche or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And they're like, you have to focus in. And I, I think when we're crafting and creating stories, even your journal is telling a story. It's engaging your, your person that you're making that journal for your it's like engaging them in the story. It's inviting to them to continue to live a story, yeah. even in this hard time. Or maybe it might not be super hard for them, but yeah. your goal is for them to live the story, right? Yeah. And I just think that's a beautiful thing that you have identified and you're not afraid to do. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna serve these people that I have been called to serve in these unique ways and yeah. not be afraid of how different they are from one another. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, thank you for sharing that. Cause I, yeah. I know that is personal and vulnerable and it's always like, we have to be vulnerable in order to be mm-hmm. creative, but at the yeah. same time, it's absolutely terrifying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, what piece of advice do you have for writers who are trying to do this whole writing thing? They're mm-hmm. engaging on this writing journey. They are getting to this publishing stage and they're navigating the whole business and marketing and all the things what advice do you have for that person I feel like it's like twofold one don't stop being a student like Mm -hmm. keep google searching like I was saying earlier keep looking at Pinterest keep 
what are the mark what's marketing strategies when do I post on TikTok when do I do this keep looking at all of that because you never know when you're going to find what works mm-hmm. and just keep trying things and keep putting yourself out there I was like thinking earlier of it's like a fishing analogy of like when you're going fishing and you're like casting your bait you know you might cast it 20 times and you might only get three fish but if you cast it zero times you will get zero fish yeah like you never know and there's been things I've reached out to different like places and either got rejected or got like just ignored and which is fine <laughs> but then like, things have happened where it's like even taking silly Jenny to the library like that worked out and I was like how fun was that this is yeah. amazing like it worked or just kind of trying to develop that like thick skin of mm-hmm. it's okay if people say no it's okay if like they don't like the book or it's okay when kids grow out of it and then they donate it to the thrift store and then your friend finds your book in the thrift store and like, <laughs> well, I don't know if I should have told you this but your book's here and I was like that's that's I'm not upset but that's weird yeah <laughs> like, I can imagine <laughs> just, just keep trying or even that's that's part of the heart of the my journals like try new things and like this for me right now is trying something new I've never been an interviewee on the podcast. I was like, like we always have to try new things. You never know what's going to come of it. And that's the fun adventure of it. (laughs) Exactly. That's the fun adventure of it. Thank you so much, Becca, for being on here with us today. Before we go, I want you to make sure to tell everybody how to find you. How can we support you? Are you working on anything new? Mm. I'm always working on on new things (laughs) like I've got ideas for pre- or sequels for Silly Jenny, or even a prequel for Silly Jenny. I'm like, <laughs> I, I have other children's book stories that I've started. I'm, I'm in a weird place with my life, but also like with my dreams. And I kind of mm. want to, I want to take the next step and upgrade because I don't know if anyone like would know this, but I used Sharpies to draw Silly Jenny's story, which worked, but I don't really want to do that in the future. And so I'm looking, trying to be a learner and looking into, okay, what like tools do I need to Mm. upgrade my stuff? So I'm stalled in that regards, but I'm also working on a couple of different novels. So there's that. And like, I just have many hats of what kind of author I am because I'm like, I don't want to just do one thing. And yeah, they'll be in the coming years. We'll be definitely more stories which is exciting but as far as social media people can find me at jrk narratives i have a website that's jrknarratives.com i'm on facebook and instagram as jrk narratives and then my more personal or adventure <laughs> like instagram is traveling becca okay yeah very good very cool Thank you again for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing your writing journey and thank you for just sharing your heart for Mm -hmm. your, the things that you've created for people and the reasonings behind them. And thank you so much for just pulling back the curtain a little bit for us so we can just see the insights into what it is to be a writer, what it is to be a self-published writer and the journey that we go on in this whole publishing thing that we are doing. So thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. I was so, like, so glad to try this out. (laughs) And thank you for listening to today's episode. Join us next week as we continue the conversation on the business of Christian fiction. Bye.